Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Swisswine Asia, host of the Made in China podcast and the host of the Swisswine Asia YouTube channel. Of course, back with another one, another podcast. This is、uh, another one of these episodes that I'm trying to catch up with some of our partners, some of our you know previous employees, interns, see what they've been up to, especially people I haven't spoken to in a, in a minute. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. I remember this.、Uh... Crypto game called Axie Infinity got super popular in the Philippines because you could earn like twenty to a hundred bucks a day playing、mm. it, and people just start playing that during COVID instead of instead of trying to to go to work. But、uh, the 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 problem of unbanked people is is like it's kind of baffling. I think like how how can people not have bank accounts or access to bank? I think there's like over a billion people. That don't、mm-hmm. have access to bank accounts, even though they have access to internet, which、mm-hmm. is crazy. What, like, what does that situation look like in the Philippines, and what, what do you think is like affecting or like? Well, there's there's a couple different things. I think there's a distrust of、uh, government and banks、mm. uh, in general.、Um, I think there's an education issue as well involved with that,、um, and then there's just the <laughs> the fact of the matter that like. For a lot of people, cash is king, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of corruption. Like,、uh, you know, so、yeah. so for example, a lot of companies want to get paid in cash because they don't want to report how much money they're making to the government, right?、Mm-hmm. Or they pay their employees in cash and things like that because of that same reason. They don't want it to be tracked. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing. I guess I mean, there's so it, it surprises me. Like a lot of times when I'll go to certain restaurants or. Shops and it's like no cash only, cash、mm. why why cash only? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's、exactly. like why? why? And there's and then if you want if you want uh, uh, sometimes if you want like a legitimate receipt like、uh, then、mm. they're gonna charge you additional fee on top of that. So it's like <laughs> I know what you guys are doing. You just don't want to pay taxes. That's it. That's so that's why you want cash. You don't want some people tracking you and things like that. Then for a lot of people.、Um, Yeah, like I said, the distrust of government and and banks, and they'd rather just keep、mm-hmm. cash at home in case something happens.、Uh, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I think like places like the Philippines, for example, is where crypto and blockchain could have the biggest like tangible use cases of serving as a I don't know store of value and payment method. Because here in Sweden and in the Nordics. Everyone trusts the government to their teeth, so that, you know、mm. there's so many places that don't even accept cash. Like you have to pay by card or Apple Pay, otherwise you can't buy anything. It's the complete opposite, yeah. Yeah, complete opposite. But yes, I, I think some some level of distrust is mistrust is healthy, but not like it's not、yeah. your like complete folio hat,、uh, Councilor Alex Jones. <laughs> listen, listen, America. <laughs> This was government. The government or aliens? They're lizards, you know. It's, it's my best、uh, Alex Jones impression.、Um, 
Uh, I used to actually, I used to watch a lot of his stuff when I was in college. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, and like I was a, I was a conspiracy theorist <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then at some stage I started thinking to myself, I was like, even if some of this stuff is true, mm-hmm. right? So, cause some things I didn't believe, but some things I was really like, yeah, for sure. Like uh, aliens yeah. built the pyramids. Um, yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, I just started thinking, I was like, what can I do about this? There's nothing I can do about this problem that I'm seeing or whatever. So, like, I just kind of moved on. I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm just making myself unhappy, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot of people go through those phases. I also had, like, an, maybe a bit of an alt-right phase where I was, like, listening mm. to yeah, a bit of a, Alex Jones and Ben Shapiro and this type mm-hmm. of uh, people, but uh, also past past uh, in college, of course. And it's like kind of a searching for your identity type of thing, I guess. Yeah, and also I did... trying to be provocative, trying to be edgy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you're like I don't want to be like everybody else. So, like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm going against exactly against the norm. <laughs> um, but I also think it's still healthy. Sometimes I, I mean, I still listen, I still watch some of Ben Shapiro's stuff from time to time. Alex Jones clips, just clips, not like um, documentaries yeah. or anything like that. Um, but it's good because you hear sort of opposing opinions, and then you can kind of like you hear your normal stuff, especially with the algorithm. You're gonna be listening to stuff that you're always um, that you always agree with, and then yeah. it's good to just hear contrasting opinions from time to time. Um, so for example, like my girlfriend's from Ukraine and the war broke out, which, um, was, is very unfortunate and, you know, she was very devastated Mm -hmm. by it. And so like at the time I knew kind of the, some of the politics between Russia and Ukraine, but I didn't fully understand it. Um, so I was like, okay, I started doing research and she was telling me about stuff. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole of Mm -hmm. on like, um, how Ukraine views the situation, like how Ukrainian people view the situation. And of course, there's mm. huge support around the world for Ukraine from a social media standpoint. Uh, yeah. And then I think it was maybe like two, three weeks later, I realized I was like, I'm only hearing one side of a story. There's a lot of mm. people in Russia that don't agree with this. I have a lot of mm. Russian friends that are very reasonable um, mm. people. And uh, and some of them are like Russian, Ukrainian people. They might have been born in Russia, but their grandparents are from Ukraine, for example. Yeah. So I, I just started, I started going in the opposite direction. I was like, let me call up all of my Russian friends and just kind of talk to them about what's going on, get educated from their perspective, you know, what's, mm-hmm. what's happening. And then they would send me stuff to read. And so it kind of gave me a more balanced opinion on the, on the situation. Um, yeah. 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 So for sure. I think like, I think it feels very obvious that Russia is kind of in the wrong here, but for sure there's a lot of stuff and promises that haven't been kept by the West and NATO specifically. But yeah, but yeah, but maybe let's not go down that. No, uh, no we don't. Hole. We don't have to go deep into it. It's just, just an example. Um, yeah. Something that uh, I was discussing with Luke was I I didn't know that you guys became quite close in, in relationship wise like just uh, through, through his internship and stuff like that and he said you guys have been keeping in touch and everything um mm-hmm. so uh, how did that come i guess obviously shared experiences both being in china um both yeah. working for the same company and things like that but just from your perspective what what kind of how did the relationship transpire 
Yeah, that was interesting, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah, we've been keeping in touch now. We haven't spoken for a while. I actually spoke to him this week. I think because you got in touch with both of us, we were like reminded of each other and we started talking yeah. to him. We had a call maybe half a year ago or something and just like been messaging every now and then. But when we were in China, I guess, yeah, I guess we started hanging out quite a bit uh, during during the internship and we went like we went to Shenzhen together and yeah. maybe even to Hong Kong. I can't completely remember. Uh, but we spent. I think we're, time we were all we were all in Hong Kong together, no? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, true. At least you and me have been in Hong Kong for a trip. That's yeah, when I when I did the when I did the presentation for Global Sources, you were with me. Yeah. And then I, I went with Luke as well uh, during the internship just before we went to Philippines. So we went from like Guangzhou to Hong Kong, uh, and then Philippines. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, those were super good times. And I guess, yeah, exactly now I remember because you left uh, to the Philippines for quite a while. I think you were gone for like a month or two. And then yeah, like, I was, I was here Luke for were... two and a half, I think. Yeah, two and a half months. Yeah, exactly. So me and Luke were like grinding it out at the office uh, and just uh, hanging out. And we became, we, we became quite... You know, do you keep, have you spoken to Vincent? Have you do uh, spoken to Imogen at all? have your views on them evolved um i still keep in touch with uh, and mike vincent. as well yeah yeah I, I still keep in touch with vincent like i i text him every maybe three three times like like i'll i'll, I'll reach out to him like every every month or so maybe two months or so just to to see what's going on we used like when i first came back from uh, China, we would have calls maybe every once a month, two times a month, just to see what's going on. And uh, hasn't been as consistent lately. I'm definitely due for a call. I actually messaged him like right before hopping on that podcast. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we we still we still keep in touch a lot, just because like you know we got along really well and share yeah. a lot of the similar experiences uh, in our background in regards to China. So yeah, still still really nice, still great friend um in terms of the other people i don't i haven't talked to imogen since um leaving i still have her on on wechat but uh yeah apart from that like i i haven't really kept in touch with the other i mean i i, I still keep in touch with mike i haven't spoke to him in a minute but you know i, I can still hit him up anytime but yeah apart from that like the the person who i i had the best you know connection with that at SFD was probably Vincent and I still keep in touch with him like all the time. So yeah. I, How dare you, Luke? You, you should have said me. Yeah. Well How yeah, apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like you're you were the boss. So uh Vincent and I like were we were the guys under you. So we had a lot more a lot in more common. in common and yeah, yeah. and we, we went to we had like a we have a lot of the same background in terms of like we went to the same kind of uh uh schooling like we went to both went to Waldorf school before so we mm -hmm. have that in common and just like the whole china aspect too like yeah he's a great guy anytime like i, I told him like anytime i'm going to finland i'm seeing you and anytime you come to north america like hit me up so no vincent uh, i mean 
Vincent, like I said, uh, like uh, about you, you know, he was a star. So it's it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised that you guys got along. Uh, I'm not surprised that you guys had a strong connection. And and I mean, I would hope that um, a little bit of why <laughs> why you guys were able to connect, uh, because uh, yeah, we 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 tried to do quite a bit of you know sort of research and and sort of like even the interview questions that I would ask would be non-traditional because I wanted to sort of understand people's psychology. Like, I don't know if you know this yeah. about me, but like, I like psychology and I'm interested in that. So, um, yeah, so I, I, you know, it's, it's cool that you guys are still in touch and amicable. I don't think we've ever had, maybe we've had one or two employees that were assholes in the company, but I think in general, the company vibe has always been, everybody's kind of chilled right yeah like we're, sure, we're doing sure. the work but like you know it's not egotistical stuff going on in, in the office no never yep cool man uh because i think it's like when you are in china as a westerner it's easy to connect with other westerners but it's not it's that easy to find like super reasonable other westerners in my opinion like some of the people or the westerners that hang out in china are there's a specific type uh, mm-hmm. often and i feel like are you talking about uh, people that <laughs> are you talking about just in general or like people that let's say teach english or you know this kind of stuff or you t- even just entrepreneurs in china <sighs> I would say in general, but maybe more towards the teaching English. Yeah, like basic Westerner in China, like especially guys. Like there's not that many Western women out there, actually. But guys are like, uh, many of them have a big ego because they've gotten mm-hmm. so much praise from the... Uh, the from the, from, from the, the female people. population. Um, yeah, exactly. And just... <laughs> no, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess I have to be delicate about what I say, because this is still, uh, mm. still social nation. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I will say this, I will say this, like, I agree with you. I always yeah. felt that a lot of people's egos got inflated, foreign, foreign men's egos got inflated when they arrived in China, because it yeah. was like, like, I mean, for me, I was always realistic about it, because I went through when I was in college and whatever, mm. and, and trying to date girls i got rejected a lot of times and things like that so mm-hmm. i had to figure out like it's not just about looks but it's because I, I i have gotten complimented on my looks but like it, it was more about like my personality like and not mm-hmm. being able not feeling comfortable when i talk to somebody for the first time so then you come mm-hmm. across as awkward or you know socially awkward so i had to learn how to kind of just be confident in myself and and, and this kind of stuff yeah. Whereas a lot of those guys, those same guys that maybe were um, socially awkward, moved yeah. to China and then all of a sudden they're a superstar, right? Yeah, they, they they didn't learn how to to communicate with people and to actually just be a good person or be an interesting person or have an interesting yeah. life. So yeah. then it goes like, all right, like I'm I'm you know now I'm Denzel Washington or now I'm Brad Pitt or whatever. Like that's just like it automatically overnight um and yes it can go to people's minds uh, i mean i remember there was one teacher i used to work with i won't say his name 
But um, I mean, this dude was like, <laughs> he was like always coming to work, like super hungover, smelt like cigarettes all the time. Uh, very skinny guy. And yeah, I mean, he was still getting like, you would see him out sometimes because I'll I'll go out with the teachers and stuff and you'd see him out with yeah. like the prettiest girl and you're like, how, how is this happening? Like, <laughs> like why is this? You know, and it's just because he's a Lao Wai, you know, yeah. um, that's it. So that there's a there's a little bit of that for sure. Uh, and it seems more consistent with people that go there with intention of like, oh, I'm going to be teaching English for six months and make, you know, X, X amount of money. And I don't care because I'll just be like traveling around Southeast Asia yeah. during that time period. And there's like no real ambition to go in there, not trying to understand the country and the culture and things like that. Um, yeah. Whereas, like for me, my approach was always like, I want to live in China because I think it's interesting, mm. and I want to start a business as well. So mm. it was always like I want to respect the culture, understand the culture a little bit more, things like that. Yeah. Uh, in in uh, embrace the culture essentially, food, whatever, like customs, all these things. I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. So. Same, and that's why like that ties into why I like became close with Luke because I found him to be like super reasonable and like mm -hmm. down to earth guy. So we just clicked. And we also of course had the same like hustle entrepreneurial kind of mindset and just like yep. want to explore the world. That's why we were in China. I think I asked Luke this question before it was uh, like yesterday when I, when I, when I interviewed him, I think it's interesting that I was like a, I don't want to give myself all the credit, but like able to bring in people into the company that are sort of matched the company ethos or personality. Like, yeah. cause I think we only had one or two asshole employees, which, which <laughs> I, I fired very quickly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just seems like there was like a, just like always like a good vibe in the office. Good, uh, like no ego involved, you know, things like yeah. that. So yeah, definitely. I had a super good time working for SFA. Shout out to the team, Imogen, the boss. Yeah, Imogen, the still machine. With SFA? Yeah, yeah. Imogen's our, our CEO, essentially. Nice. Um, Love to hear it. Yeah, no, I mean, China, China, China is a whole other like thing right now. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. interesting because it's so different, right? Like you were there yeah. 2018, right? I, I, the last time I was in China was 2020, like, I guess, 10, yeah, 2020, early 2020. Um, and it just, it's a different animal right now. Like I, I view it so differently, but yeah, it's, it's also yeah. interesting to, to think about it and be like, well, I lived there for five years though, you know, and I'm yeah. still doing business in China. And like, if, if you talk to, if I talk to Imogen or I talk to the team, the rest of the team, um, they don't really make it sound like it's so different from when I was there, you know, but right. then when, when you actually, you know, read about certain things that were going on, you see, you know, YouTube videos or whatever, Instagram videos, you're like, mm, I think it's a little bit different than <laughs> two years ago, you know? Yeah. And even, even when I was in China, I had met a lot of people who were like, like even at the time they were a bit on the fence if they, if they were going to stay or not and that most of mm -hmm. those people that i met are gone now 
not there anymore. So I don't, I don't know if I went back if I'd have the same experience in a way because, I mean, you're there and you spend a lot of time with the expat community, and most of those are cons. So mm-hmm. that's that's why I say like, I don't know. If Wait, what do you mean by I'll most of those are cons? Like, they're they've moved out of China because. Oh you know, God! They, I heard I heard cons like con artists. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, they're gone. They're out. They're out of China because it was just too hard to to be there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's like you don't know until you go because, uh, I mean, even before I moved to China, I remember there's a perception that I had of China prior to going to China. And then when I was in China, I was like, oh, this is not what I thought. Like it was, this is much more cool and, and loose yeah. than what I had in mind. Um, but right now it's a little bit different because I have that experience of living there and all that stuff. And I know people that are on the ground. I would say that the kind of the biggest issues right now in terms of living in China um, and business in China are to do with COVID restrictions and sort yeah. of the restriction of movement between different places, right? Yeah. Uh, and and the also the zero COVID pol- policy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like it's a little bit unreasonable because you know it's it's I I think COVID is here to stay. You know <laughs> I think it's not going it's not going anywhere and it's like we just have to start thinking about it like it's the flu kind of thing you know yeah so i don't know how long they're going to continue that sort of zero covid policy but like i'll I'll tell you from my perspective and you're in logistics i'm sure you had some issues with it as well um like we had goods stuck in shanghai for like a month like these were finished goods in a factory right and and we were trying to inspect them and then ship them out and we couldn't actually go into shanghai it didn't matter it was like i was, I was talking to business can we send somebody there you know even from within the province can we send somebody there and it's like nope 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 we have to wait you know can we get some of the goods out of the province nope not zero COVID policy so yeah that's tough is it Some, is it still like that yeah that was too that was a that was a that was a month ago. It was like two months ago. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's not sustainable, right? So I'm sure they, they've come up with some sort of system where they're like, okay, we can shut down this part of China, but we can't shut down this other part of China because of X, Y, and Z reason. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a long-term sustainable thing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I Like... Obviously, you you have a whole company there, so it's affected your company probably more than than most other people. Like, is is the um... that's yeah, that's super interesting. How has like Guangzhou been doing throughout this whole pandemic? Um, from my understanding, I, from uh, talking to Imogen because I talked to Imogen about uh, lockdowns and things like that, so. Mm. Uh, there was two lockdowns. Obviously, the 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 ver- uh, what, what's it, the Delta variant in, in January. Uh, it was yeah. kind of it hit Guangzhou earlier, so I knew it was going to come to Manila. I just I had I already predicted. It. I was like, okay, 
December in Guangzhou was, was a little bit tough for a couple of weeks. And then yeah. for sure in January, all of a sudden, everybody got the Delta variant and stuff like that. So, but, but yeah, Guangzhou has been okay. I think it's been more so just Southern China in general. So Shenzhen has had multiple, multiple lockdowns, whether it was like for a week or whatever, um, or just, they just restrict movement between the cities. Uh, mm. So that makes it difficult for even people from Guangzhou because it's like, you know, you can't go to Shenzhen quickly just to go to the market or go to a factory and have a meeting or something like that. So that, that's been the more difficult thing. But I think Guangzhou has been fine. I think the worst has been the worst has been Shanghai for sure. I'm not sure if you've mm. you heard about what's been what happened in Shanghai in the last few months. Not in detail. Okay. Um, I mean, simply put, they had a very long lockdown and it was very strict and. Uh, strict in the sense that like a lot of people were not allowed to leave their actual apartments yeah like even if they they needed to get food and things like that food was being delivered by the subsidized by the government mm. um because again of the zero covid policy so mm. um it's like some people especially some people maybe who didn't have as much money or whatever like you know they're basically living on they were living on like rice or something like that like it was mm -hmm. you know some people were like running out of food so yeah. that was a uh, yeah that was tough but then in terms from the business uh, perspective on that we had i don't know we had like eight different productions that were stuck mm -hmm. they were finished productions right ready to ship out ready to qc and ship out they were mm -hmm. stuck in shanghai we couldn't go into shanghai we couldn't get them out of shanghai for yeah. uh, for like three weeks, um, mm. so yeah, that, that was uh, just from a business perspective. It was really 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 frustrating because, of course, yeah. we explain it to the clients, yeah. but as you know from working in in, in sales and stuff like that with us, yeah. the clients will be understanding, but at the same time they're frustrated as well because it's like, why isn't this happening? It's like well, it's out of our hands right now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy that it's still like that, oh, mm -hmm. especially like with production in, yeah, like in the eastern uh, parts of the world, it's still so much uh, out of the con out of the control of of the sourcing company or like the buyer. Yeah, it's like fully in control of the factories and the local government. Local government, I would say more so because yeah, just that some of those policies, man, like it's uh, it's not sustainable because you're just blocking everybody from shipping things. So I don't know if it's gonna, I I don't know when it's going to change, um, but it has to change at some stage. Like even with the Philippines, because we started doing some small stuff in the Philippines, production-wise, things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, like even the Philippines, they had a the, the longest lockdown in the world right like uh, out of most countries and uh at some stage you start asking yourself like how is this sustainable for the average person who was like working at like mcdonald's right and yes you know so supporting their i mean there's no no uh, offense to anybody that works at mcdonald's but i'm just saying like if you're not making a certain amount of money and then all of a sudden you can't work or you, the restaurant shut down and stuff like that it's yeah. very, very difficult. And you do that for two years, you know, it, yeah. it, it messes up the whole economy of the country. And I think that's why they've, uh, they've kind of just decided like, 
you know, we're just going to deal with COVID, whether people, you know, if there's an increase, we're not going to shut down, you know, things like that. We're not going to have a strict lockdown, hopefully, not, not again. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, though, like, uh, I would say that Philippines had the longest, strictest lockdown, right? Um, yeah. But it wasn't so bad. I think if you're living in BGC and, you know, we kind of figured out some things a little bit earlier in terms of being able to go and travel to islands and things like that, like how we could go, right? Um, yeah. And then, of course, like I said, from the but, um, yeah. Is that what it's like in the Philippines? Yeah, it was a strict lockdowns. Um, we had, uh, how many lockdowns do we have? Uh, <laughs> we had about, like, in terms of the really strict level lockdown where you're, uh, you have a curfew of like 10 p.m. for example mm. for like between 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. you can't be outside um mm. that was about six times i would say in the last two years and then some some of them were extended like it was like two months at a time or three months at a time and things like that so it was frustrating even more frustrating than that was like the aspect of them saying like oh it's going to be two weeks but then in two weeks they're like yeah you know and you know that they're probably doing that on purpose because they don't want people to freak out right um i used to joke with my friends and say like they would come up with different um uh, lockdown levels they're just coming up with different terminology for the for the strictness of the lockdown so at some stage i feel like we had about eight or ten different versions of lockdowns wow. and they're just coming up with different stuff i was like now it's like yellow yellow blue green uh grocery bag level lockdown it's like okay it's like oh, what does that mean exactly <laughs> next week it's you know red piano level wait what okay it's like all right like you guys are just making stuff up at this stage yep so What's yeah that it was like a- now is it still strict in the film no it's it's actually open opened up where, like this is the least strict it's been like there's actually uh, a lot of tourism picking up again i was just on vacation oh, wow. in portuguera um and it was busy man like i went to the beach and i was like oh wow this is this is much much busier than it was six months ago um oh. even uh, did i uh, did you uh, did you ever go to shangri-la in in manila no, I didn't. No, there's a speakeasy inside the Shangri-La called the Backroom. It's my favorite uh, speakeasy. I was there last night um, with my with my girlfriend, and I was catching up with it. Ironically, uh, one of my friends who I hadn't seen in more, more than two years. His name is Alex. Um, he's been on the podcast, and he was living in Europe and all the stuff. He just came to visit for two weeks, so we were just catching up. And then I also met another guy who. Uh, has like he runs he runs a company that basically does like market analysis when a company launches a new product so for example if apple and actually he works with apple so uh, for example if apple launches a new iphone they track based off of web analytics and all that stuff like how the what people are saying about the product so if people are focusing on like from the marketing materials if people are focusing on the camera but uh, mm. Apple wants them to focus on, you know, the new uh, uh, security feature on the phone that scans your face or whatever. 
they will mm-hmm. change their marketing materials to to um, to help people focus on what Apple wants them to focus on. Does that make sense? Oh, I see. So it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I met that guy and I was just like, he'd been in the Philippines for a couple of weeks. He hadn't been here for two and a half years because of COVID. Yeah. 400 employees in the Philippines. I mean, he hadn't seen them in in two, two and a half years. And then it was just like wow. meeting somebody like that where you go like, oh, I mean, this dude is running potentially like a billion dollar company and he was not yeah. able to actually see his employees for all that time, right? So, so yeah, it's changing. It's definitely changing. It's much more open now than it was before. That's good to hear because I've actually been wanting to visit. Uh, I've, yeah. uh, I was in Thailand uh, in March and that was like the first time being back in Asia since 2019 yeah. and COVID basically. And it was super nice, uh, very nostalgic. I was actually supposed to meet up with Alex in Bangkok. Uh, maybe it's mm. the same Alex we're talking about. Alex Avant. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He had to travel back uh, to, to, to Copenhagen for family, family thing. Uh, so that, that was uh, sad that we didn't get to meet each other, but uh, it's, it's been funny. We've been in the same place so many times. Now he was in Copenhagen. I'm here in Stockholm, but still haven't met each other. Just been talking online since like 2019. Yeah. But it's like, uh, it's, it's so interesting, especially now with COVID, how many digital relationships you can have with people that you've never met but you still talk to frequently uh yeah super interesting is that it definitely brought i guess if we look at the the positives of it right because i think a lot of times when we have conversations it's about um i'm not saying me and you specifically just saying in general when we talk about covid it's a lot about like oh we're in lockdown we're stuck we in all these things right um But one of the things that it did was force people to actually go online, right? And yeah. there's, there's negatives to that. There's people spending too much time on their phones, on social media, yeah. like my girlfriend. But, uh, <laughs> but like, for example, it's like I wasn't, um, there's, a, there's an app called uh, Lazada here mm-hmm. right, in the Philippines. Like Amazon. And, like Amazon, exactly. And I wasn't, I wasn't, I guess I was skeptical of it. Like I was like, ah. I heard like horror stories where people would get scammed and all this stuff. And I was like, I just don't want to deal with that. Like, but what happened was when we were in lockdown, I needed stuff, like even something simple as toilet paper, but more, yeah. it was other, other things like uh, maybe shoes or something like that, but you can't go to the mall because the mall's closed. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just have to go on Lazada and order it. Like, and, and, you know, at the beginning it wasn't perfect, but they have improved mm-hmm a lot and they, their business has grown a lot and a lot of people have learned how to shop online because of mm. covid you know mm, yeah true true like no need to go to the markets anymore yeah as long as you have a smartphone and a bank account exactly yeah so i mean that's, yeah that's a lot of people in, in countries like philippines like uh, a lot of times people don't have bank accounts yeah right so then 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 it goes, okay, if I can't go to the market, then I need to open a bank account so I can have a credit card or a card, debit card, mm. uh, so I can buy stuff online, you know? So Yeah, exactly. And that's crazy as well, as well. Uh, it's- so uh, what about on your end? Uh, you know, I know people could Google what happened in Canada and stuff like that, but specifically for you, how did COVID affect your career, life, things like that? 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, as I said, like we were, I was working for that company that uh, was working with you guys in the PPE space, and we were we were having issues like everyone else, just getting our stuff out of China, which sort of affected the business at first, um, and then. You know, we we got into the PPE game pretty early. Like I think we got in like that first first few weeks, and then things just got harder and harder to get out of China. So we we struggled a lot to get repeat customers because we couldn't promise a an accurate delivery date on time. And at that time, it was the matter of like life or death for some of these hospitals that needed PPE. So. Um, the business itself dissolved at one point. Like my friend, um, who was one of the bosses of the company, stepped away from the company, and I decided to to take a step back as well. And I I left that company, and mm -hmm. then uh, you know I I was sort of I took some time off to sort of think about it. I moved to Ottawa at that point. Um, and was just trying to figure, you know, my next move. And, uh, I, I got another job in the meantime, working from Ottawa and then COVID affected that business as well. So, um, I decided just to move to Toronto and it was the middle of COVID, but I don't regret a thing in the, in the sense that like, there wasn't many opportunities for me in Ottawa job wise and came to Toronto, took a bit of time, but finally found a job and ever since then it's been like just a lot of opportunity and um lots of like growth in terms of figuring out you know what i want to do with my future and uh where i want to go career-wise so just that aspect of covid like just having that time to, to sort of take a step back and figure that out and then just being able to move to a city like toronto in the middle of covid like i, I was able to find a, an apartment for cheaper um so got to capitalize on on that and now it's ended here in canada like uh just last week the government finally sort of lifted like the a lot of the the mandates and a lot of the travel restrictions um so it finally feels like you know we're we can finally take a breath again and uh yeah like i don't know it feels like the last two years have we're so long, but like, I sort of have the philosophy, like I'm not letting that hold me back. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and kind of, kind of move on from it. Yeah. Just sort of soldier on. And I mean, I think yeah, a lot of people that have had, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of psychological issues from, from COVID. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I've had my own stuff where I was like, I was going crazy uh, with the lockdowns in the Philippines and stuff like that. It was like, you know, and, but um, I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of people have had major, major issues just because, you know, financial stress and, you know, family stress, being at home all the time, like, you know, things like that. Like, so it, it's, it's nice to see now that things are moving forward, but I think there's going to be a lot of healing and therapy involved in the next uh in the next little while oh yeah for sure if anything like I, I feel like we dealt with covid and everything but the the psychological effects and the after effects of how we dealt it we will not feel until 
you know, we're, we're going to deal with it for the next 10, 20, 50 years, honestly. Yeah. For some people. Well, yeah, I think for a lot of people, this would be, I mean, I think from, yeah, a lot of people, this would be sort of like a generational thing where it's like, yeah. you know, the COVID uh, issue affected this generation of people, the millennials or whatever, yeah. right? So uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's going to be that, but like the good part about something I predicted, I don't know if you saw this, but something that I predicted at the beginning of COVID was like, there's going to be a lot of babies and there's also going to be a lot of breakups and also a lot of marriages. <laughs> and I saw, like, I swear in the last two years, I've seen a lot of babies, new babies popping up, lots of marriages and lots of breakups. But yeah. it's, it's always when there's some sort of uh, tragedy or some major world event that's kind of what happens in, in, uh, with people. It's like for some, re- some reason we feel this need to like reproduce at that moment, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, uh, and I mean, for, for me personally, just because of the age, I just turned 30 uh, in April. So, and um, you know, kind of where I'm at, you start asking yourself certain questions, uh, you know, your girlfriend and your girlfriend's friends are asking you certain questions. I'm not going to go deep into this, but, but yeah, it's just one of those where I'm like, all right, like it doesn't help that so many people around us, you know, got married and had kids and things like this during this time period. Oh yeah. You and me both. I, I, I know many people who are, who are either getting married or broken up and, yeah, it's, it's that, that stage in your life, right? Like uh, yeah. early 30s, late 20s, where people are figuring their shit out. People are figuring out what they want to do with their future. Um, and yeah, the, the past year for during COVID was definitely like that for me. And then just sort of reflecting on my time in Source Financial and then like how to, how to best use those experiences to like move my career forward. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm, a, I'm a, in a place now where... You know, those two years, I was definitely like taking my time to figure it out. But I feel like I've, I'm, I still am to this day, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm at a better place now to figure and had time to sort of figure that out. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Main Cheddar Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, that's podcast at sourcefinasia.com. If you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched, that's sourcefinasia.com slash made in China. And be sure to also check out our YouTube channel, Source by Asia, all one word. Cheers. I speak it. I caught a buzz and you did too, but you tweaking. I look like I've been getting money. How reeking. You smell me, that's LV. Walk around with my chest out of my skin smooth. I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me. Most of y'all ain't wealthy. Most of y'all just dress like it. I caught the vibe that y'all giving off and I'm trying to make myself less like it. This chick got a little Porsche body. I might let the bro test drive it. It's hard for me to get excited. I love music and stress about it. My city hauling, I'm co-signing this wave coming up next out it. Riding around in the shotgun and her Tesla. Hanging both of my legs out it like, what's up? I got stakes and they too high now. Nah, I can't fuck up. I like girls that's down to earth, so don't be stuck up.